0: Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. You're listening to the JT The Brick Show, where the Raider Nation has come to sound off and react for over 20 years.
1: It's time for JT The Brick. How we doing? Baby, I'm great.
2: JT, how are you doing? What do we want to talk about with the Raiders? So I want to see an interception. I want to see some sacks. Raiders come with four. Here comes the fifth rusher. And he's sacked! Deshaun Bauer had him around the waist, and the Raiders' defense holds on fourth down. And then your boy J.T. got it right.
0: J.T. the Brick. Always, always great to be with the Brick.
2: I don't spend a lot of time on teams that don't make the playoffs. We talk about what matters in championships and winning here. It's big boy radio. That is the best atmosphere in a preseason game that I've ever been a part of, and that's easy to say that. Clearly. Get your ass out here and get ready. Here we
1: go. And now here's JT the Brew. Welcome
2: in out of the gate, JT with you today again with Damana as we are live from the Lotus Broadcasting Studios, brought to you by our great friends at PT's No Better Tavern Group in town 64 plus location. 64. Friends came in from out of town. What do you mean 64? Yeah, the 64 PTs. Sean Patrick, Sierra Gold, all under their group. So whenever you turn, you get off the 215, you get off the 15, just put it in your phone. You'll find a PTs near you. They fuel the monologue with the best happy hour in town from 5 to 7 to midnight to 2 a.m. Always reminding you, Uber home, don't drink and drive, and they encourage that too. Busy show. Vinny Bonsignor is going to join us in five minutes the Raider insider on several platforms including this radio station so Vinny and did Vinny write the cover story or not Vinny did not write the cover story but he's all over the Raiders so we'll get to him coming up here Jerry Robinson former Raider alumni current Raider alumni great guy we have Jerry on he's one of those guys the energy guys I bring in when things aren't going good Romo certain guys Jerry Robinson former Raider linebacker coming in at the bottom of the hour we'll talk to him we got a portion of Josh McDaniels Press conference from earlier today And then I'm pretty much wide open Uh, We blew out a guest for tomorrow And I'm moving around some Indy insiders I gotta get into Indy As we do that tomorrow Jay Query will join us from Indianapolis He has a show, he's been joining me for 20 years And he'll go on a deep dive with the Colts Quick before we get Vinny on As I'm doing our work for that If you saw Raiders Roundtable What is Indy? What are they now? How many times have you heard on this channel about the Raiders' identity in the last two months. Who are the Raiders? We thought we had a chunk of, well, they're a running team with Josh Mc, uh, with, with uh, Josh Jacobs. That's what I thought we were going with, but then that came to not a screeching halt, but other teams said, we're going to take away the run. I always thought the Raiders' identity was attacking the passing game up-tempo with superstar players who have 100-plus 100, 100 receptions. Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller. And obviously, Devontae Adams and Derek Carr, multiple Pro Bowls. I thought that was the identity of the team. And the defense has not been the identity. There is no identity on defense at all. None. No identity. And I think they want want to have an identity. That's why they brought in Patrick Graham, and they're trying to figure out the players who can play in his system. And it's kind of a system that's supposed to be really good if you have the right players, and we're starting to understand that you can only do so much with the players that they have here. They need a better pass rush. They need linebackers who can cover. They've been working on that for decades. And in the secondary, I think they got some good players, but they're not great. And they're trying to figure out who they're going to go to next. And special teams, excuse me, is fantastic. Not the coverage group, but the kicker and the punter. The kicker and the punter are really good, and that's nice to have. A lot of games come down to the kicker and the punter. Field position and the kicker making kicks. And the Raiders seem to be pretty good there. But Indy, as we've been doing some research, Indy through nine games is in the top five in the league on defense in yards per game. They're giving up 306. That ranks number five. The only teams ahead of them are Buffalo, Philadelphia, Denver, and San Francisco. That's pretty good. So Indy shows up on defense. They're giving up only 192 yards a game passing. 192 a game passing is a pretty good number. Las Vegas is giving up 255 yards a game in the air. And Indianapolis, on top of that, is giving up 114 yards a game on the ground, which isn't bad as Las Vegas is giving up 116. So right around there, what's the identity? There's a pretty good defense in Indy, and they always have a big offensive line. Pleasure to welcome in Vinny Bonsignor joins us weekly. Thrilled to have him on here from Vegas Nation, the Las Vegas Review-Journal, and Raider Nation Radio So, Vinny, let's get some of the complicated stuff out of the way. First off, the Raiders and the two trips on the road. You were on those trips. What should the Raiders have coming off those trips, even though they lost the two games? What's something they can build on?
0: Oh, boy. Um, The understanding that they have to play urgent and they have to play efficiently um, from start to finish, and we're talking about every single play at the highest level. Because what's been killing the Raiders? You throw out the Saints game; that was just um, they laid an egg. It sometimes happens; you don't want it to, but it did. But um, once again, they followed a very similar script. Um, you know, uh, a, a week later, uh, and and you know, you're you're talking about a play here or a play there that they don't make or that they give up that ends up killing them. Um, you know, you build a 17 uh, to nothing lead against a Jacksonville Jaguars team that you're frankly better than. Um, you know, that, that plays into the hands of your defense, or should. Uh, that, that's when defense gets fun, when you get a lead like that, and you're able to pin your ears back and get after the quarterback and dial up blitzes and things like that. Um, well, even if Patrick Graham does do that, they're not able right now to create that kind of pressure on the quarterback. Um, Chandler Jones, obviously, has been a big disappointment. That hurt, that's hurting them. Um, so it's just especially offensively, because the defense is going to have its problems, but especially offensively just being efficient, play in and play out, and far too often this year they haven't been, and it's cost them big time.
2: Vinny Bonsignor joins us. So Vinny, it's not because of lack of effort, correct? It's lack of execution. When they come out of the tunnel in the third quarter and they're drawing up plays they know they're going to draw up, and look, if they decide you want to make a change and go to the running game over the passing game, I get that. They're under scrutiny for that, but What about the effort level? Because I can't imagine any professional football player letting up in a lead and not wanting to play better and put up bigger stats, i.e. Devontae, who had the massive first half. Others who want to continue to build on that and have like a career game. And that would be Derek Carr. He had a Hall of Fame first half. So I don't believe it's lack of effort. What's the problem, in your opinion, with the execution?
0: Well, um, you know, some of it is just misassignments. Uh, there was a miss block by Josh Jacobs that forced uh, Derek Carr to throw a, uh, a quicker pass than he had wanted to, not be able to set his feet. Um, there's been plays along the offensive line where they haven't been able to pa- pass protect uh, at a high enough level. So I put a lot of it, frankly, on the offensive line because, you know, um, mm-hmm. even when the Raiders were, were going good with Devontae in that first half in Jacksonville, there were problems protecting him and it wasn't sustainable. And that's why they did try to, you know, be more of a run team in the second half because they figured if we, if we keep dropping Derek Carr back there uh, as they had been at the rate that they had been, it's not going to, it's not going to uh, uh, be sustainable. He's going to take hits. Uh, Their mis- mistakes can happen in that regard. So they tried to establish a run game, but the offensive line wasn't able to, to get it done up front. And that led to all sorts of problems. And then, you know, when you're in a comeback situation, uh, and you have to throw the ball again. Um, the mm-hmm. offensive line just didn't stand uh, up to that test. So, to me, you, no, it's not a lack of effort. Um, it's a lack of execution. Uh, there's been too many breakdowns along the offensive line, and then these little things. Mac Holland's not running out, um, you know, a uh, one of his uh, patterns. Guys mm-hmm. running into each other in the Kansas City Chiefs game. The offensive line not getting it done. Derek Carr uh, sailing a ball or making a bad throw on an easier, you know, completion that he should be making. So. There's no one point of the finger at anybody in particular. It's just from time to time, uh, it might be this guy, it might be that guy, it might be that side of the ball. um, and, And just trying to get everybody to play at an efficient level from beginning to end has just been really problematic for the Raiders.
2: I didn't expect Jonathan Abram to be back next year I I was in my opinion positive He wasn't going to be back next year As long as Kelsey and Kansas City's in this division And Justin Herbert, I just don't think he's a good matchup In the passing game But I loved his energy, his professionalism What he did in the community Really good guy, you know this from being in the building And outside the building Once a Raider, always a Raider What did this lead to in your opinion going forward If they did it with Jonathan Abram Who are the other candidates that could be let go Go for whatever reason coming up here.
0: Well, I think that everybody um, certainly is, is under scrutiny. I mean, you know, when, when Dave Ziegler took over, and he's been very, very upfront about yeah, this, yes. this. First year was going a lot of it was going to be about evaluation. You know, they came aboard uh, in January. Um, they they barely had enough to, had time uh, to put together a free agency plan for this offseason You know, uh, with a with a great handle on well, what do they have back? What's the offensive line? You know, you, there's only so much tape that you can look at. You have to get to know people. You have to get to know work habits, um, personalities, leadership—you know, skills—all that. And, and, and none of that really happens unless you're working with somebody and seeing them on a day-to-day basis, and obviously seeing them in your scheme. So this first year was a lot of it was going to be about evaluation in terms of who stays on the train and who has to get off the train at the end of this year. Jonathan Abram was a guy, like you said, uh, it was very unlikely that he was going to be back next year. Uh, They gave him an opportunity to change their minds, basically, um, or play his way into a bigger role or a permanent role um, here in this scheme, but he just wasn't able to do it. And for the Raiders, the best thing is to go ahead and move on and give somebody else an opportunity to get those snaps.
2: Vinny joins us. Vinny, so let's spend the rest of our time the next few minutes on the Colts. One of the most bizarre stories, it's been my national show every night this week. Every phone's packed on this because it affects African-American fans, even though they didn't break the Rooney rule, but it's kind of a loophole. Uh, Other NFL players are coming out. They love this guy, Jeff Saturday. I mean, they're friends with him and say this, this move is ridiculous. It should never happen. And then there are other people that say, watch out. He's going to have him ready. He was one of the most decorated players when he played. He's a master motivator. He didn't take this job to be a clown. He's going to have him ready coming into Vegas. Give me the big picture of the Colts coming to town.
0: Yeah, a, a couple things on the Rooney rule. Um, he was hired on an interim basis. So at the end of the year, they're going to have to, you know, meet all of the stipulations. That means they're going to have to open this job up uh, to the normal interview process uh, of an NFL head coach. So there will be minority candidates um, that get a, a chance to come in and, and interview. And I would hope that Robert Ursay uh, does that with an open mind and not already sealed uh, that Jeff Saturday is going to be the guy uh, moving forward. Uh, Jeff Saturday to his you know, from his point of view, has eight games now um, to show that he's the guy that should be, um, you know, the, the, the head coach moving forward and on a permanent basis, so there will come a time where the Rooney rule comes into play here um, in this particular job, and, you know, all the yeah. stipulations uh, will be met, and I hope that they are met um, with an earnest, you know, uh, intent. Um, from, from Saturday's perspective, you know, what an opportunity. I mean, he's sitting over there uh, at ESPN doing his thing, and you know, Jim Irsay gives him a call, and he admittedly said, I was shocked, to say the least, that it even came up, that the possibility even came up. And then it, you know, evolved into, all right, think about it. We'll all go talk to Chris Ballard, the general manager, see what he thinks. Everyone, you know, uh, gave it some thought. And as the day progressed, it moved in that direction. And lo and behold, Jeff Saturday is the interim head coach. Nobody's more shocked than he is, to be perfectly frank. But I think he's going to, you know, as any human being would, this is an opportunity for him uh, to make his mark in this profession, and he's going to meet it with, um, you know, uh, both fists crunched up and ready to go. And he is a fighter. He's extremely smart. Uh, and he's somebody that brings people together. That's a, a big part of being a head coach. It'll be interesting to see how the players respond. I'm sure they're hearing all the criticism, um, and you know, and it's coming from all from all ends. So it'll be interesting to see how they handle it, how the other assistant coaches handle it. Gus Bradley just got there. You know, you've got John Fox in there as well. Um, so it's, it's, a, it's a complicated situation, and, and Jeff J- Saturday is going to have his hands full um, trying to make something of this over these last eight games. But from the Raiders' perspective, they don't care. Uh, you know, they need a win. And uh, if it comes against a team that's still trying to kind of put things together and piece things together after a crazy move, uh, if that gives them an advantage, they're going to try to take a, as full advantage of that as possible.
2: Hey, they got a bunch of guys with sacks. DeForest Buckner's got five Kawhi uh, Hay has four. I mean, they got guys who have better stats up front on the defensive line. We know that Max is double and triple teamed all the time and held a lot. So I'll leave you on this, Vinny. Your comment on this team coming in, typically they're a big offensive line with Nelson in the front. They, they like big, oversized guys to get the running game going. And I'm very impressed with their front. And we saw what New Orleans front did to the Raiders, and we saw what the front of Jacksonville did to the Raiders with their second-half adjustments. The Raiders have gone up against some pretty stout defensive lines over the last couple of weeks.
0: Yeah, no question about it. And it, and it uh, drives home the point that it has to happen up front with the mm-hmm. offensive line. They have to control the line of scrimmage. They've shown that they can do it. Uh, they did it in a couple of games, three-game stretch, where they were uh, really dictating terms and running the ball really well. Um, and then teams decided, okay, you know, we're going we're gonna, to uh, stop that. And, and they have successfully the last uh, two games, and the Raiders' offensive line wasn't up to that challenge. Um, but, you know, even when uh, they were able to throw the ball and they went back to the run, they couldn't do it. So, um, yeah, they're going to have their hands full, and they can't let this game go in the opposite direction. They, they can't be the team that falls behind in this game, because, and especially if they can't run the ball, because then those guys that you just mentioned uh, are going to uh, feast uh, against a, an offensive line that simply hasn't uh, turned the corner in terms of pass protection. So this is a game that the Raiders have to play on their terms. That means running the ball, obviously getting Devontae Adams uh, involved, but it's got to start up front, and the Raiders' offensive line has got to play more consistently. And then on defense, you know, you can't, at some point, if your offense gives you a 20-point lead and a 17-point lead and a 17-point lead, I don't care if the offense doesn't score another point after that. you got to figure a way, as a defense, to make that work uh, and to protect that thing. I don't care if it's 17 to 16, 20 to 19, whatever the case is, your job as a defense is to make sure they don't score one single point more than what your offense gave you to work with. And right now the Raiders defense hasn't shown that they can do that.
2: Great, Vinny. I'll see you out there Sunday and enjoy your trip. Appreciate you coming on.
0: Thank you, JT. Take care.
2: You got it. Vinny Bonsignor joining us. All of his clients here, we promote and cross-promote. Embarcador Tequila, everything that he's been doing here. Uh, Rockstar Lounge. Uh, Vinny's very kind with his time here on all the shows here, so go please support all of his partners here. So as I look at this, I wonder out loud what has to happen. And everybody's been talking about this at nauseum in a good way that they have to play better and they have to have the same level of intensity. We all know that now. Every football player knows that. I don't think there's a let-up in intensity. What happens is they don't perform well in these games where they had 17-point leads. That has a combination to do with the other team, the other team making adjustments and playing well, and the lack of execution on the Raiders, not the lack of effort. Now, you might not like the fact that the Raiders can't get off the field on third down. And we sit here and we talk. Why? Why is the middle of the field open? What do they need to get... What do they need to get next year, but they're playing this year? we got another half a season of football to cover the tight end better. And that's what we do on this show. We just try to have conversations about what to do. How do you play better? How do you beat this opponent? That's all I try to do every week, and now it's on to the Colts. So if Jonathan Taylor plays, he's a beast. He's one of the top three running backs in this league when healthy, and he hasn't been healthy for a while, but he's right behind Derrick Henry. He's definitely in the same category as Josh Jacobs, and we know what Josh can do. When he's running healthy We know they have a big oversized offensive line So they're going to want to run We know their quarterback isn't very good So they're going to want to run So those are the things we know coming into this game The question becomes Will Waller play? No idea Will Waller give it a go in this game And try to play on the hamstring? I have no idea Hopefully we'll know by the end of the week The second thing is Will Devontae have a matchup advantage? Yes, no matter who he plays But he's going to be double teamed He's going to be double teamed, and will Derek be able to get the ball out early? Well, as Vinny said, Vinny spent a lot of time right there on pass protection. So when we talk about pass protection, will the Raiders bring their A game with pass protection here because this defensive line is really good, and they have guys that are putting up better stats than the Raiders on the defensive side with their sack total, which is pretty stout so far. What do they got? They got 23 sacks this year. Holy crap. So that's a big thing. If the Colts have 23 sacks coming into this game and they you know know they're going to be coming at the Raiders, are the Raiders going to be able to pass protect. And the thing that bothers me the most is when if Waller can't play, when they bring in a fullback or they bring in a tight end, Foster Moreau should never come off the field. a lot of times those guys don't run routes. they're there to block. So you're playing with less receivers on the edge. Because they're worried about blocking. And you're taking away at least one receiver from Derek Carr. And then I saved the best for last. Will Derek decide to purposely run in this game? Which is really a hot button for me now. Because last week, everybody who won or played at a high level ran the ball 5, six, seven, 11 times. So all I'm asking is, or wondering from you, is can Derek run it three times in a game? And where, where would he run it? I don't know. I, I, he's not going to run bootlegs. He's not going to run quarterback draws. He's not going to run RPOs, run pass option. The Raiders don't have that in their arsenal. They had it with Marcus Mariota, but the problem was when Mariota came in from the former regime, everybody in the upper deck knew what it was going to be. Say it with me. RPO. He was going to run the ball. So Derek doesn't have that in his skill set, or at least they don't use that. So it makes it easier for a coaching staff led by Jeff Saturday to say that, hey, man, that quarterback's not going to run. So if he's in the shotgun, everybody just come get him because don't worry about everybody else. He's not running. He's not going to take off and run for 11 yards. He doesn't do it. But he did it earlier this year, and I was like, hallelujah, let's build on that and see him do it again. And you don't hear people around the league saying, I don't want my quarterback to run. He might get hurt. Have you ever heard that's coming from Buffalo and Josh Allen? Josh Allen's actually hurt from a play in the pocket, not from running and hurdling someone. Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes, every time they take off and run, they run with a purpose. So what I'm looking for, and maybe you can chart it with me as we're watching the game this week at Allegiant Stadium, just chart how many times Derek takes off and runs. What do you think it's going to be? I'll go first. I'll set the bar at three. I'll set it at three, and if he goes over three, I think they win the game because if he's running with a purpose and getting out of bounds, and you know how when Derek runs out of bounds, he extends the ball. Why do you think he does that? Because he's right at the first down marker. He's extending it to try to get a yard or two more so he can get a brand-new set of downs. We haven't seen that. We didn't see it in New Orleans. He never got past the 50, and we didn't see it at all against Jacksonville, and he had no stats, and Trevor Lawrence did. Is that being critical of Derek Carr? If that's being critical of Derek Carr, then lock me up and throw me in Twitter jail or something here. That's not being critical. That's just me analyzing the stats around the league, talking to Lincoln Kennedy, uh, going on the podcast with Q, wondering what's the little advantage that the Raiders could get in this game. I think that Derek is highly motivated. I think that Derek is angry and pissed off. I believe that Derek is so frustrated now he'll do anything to win. At, at, at all cost, but it has to happen in this game. If you're a negative person, if you're if you're inherently negative, you're one of the people in the crowd now going, better not lose this one. <laughs> better not lose this one. If you're positive, you're probably saying, you know, this is a game they should win. They're back home. You know, they've been on the road a while, and then they're going back on the road for a while with Denver and Seattle. So this is an opportunity to get together before Thanksgiving. The weather's perfect for tailgating, I believe, to get out there, get in your seat early, and support the Raiders. You are the Raider Nation. You are the fans of the team. You've been really, really negative, rightfully so, for a while now here. Take it from me, I'm sitting in the seat, and we'd like to see them have a bounce-back game, get to 3-6, and and then look at the record and go, "Mm, interesting, interesting who they're playing. Everybody they're playing coming up, including the world champion Rams on a Thursday night, are a flawed team. I went through the list. I couldn't believe how many flaws they have. The one team that I thought would be a lock would be the Patriots later in the year because I watched the Patriots in the dual practices and saw them in the preseason and were like, man, they don't look good. I think they're going to have a really bad year, and they're above five hundred. But the rest of the schedule, as I look at it with you here for a moment, is a pretty interesting schedule. I really believe with the opportunity to be a favorite in a couple of these games or win it. You know, they were a favorite in their last two or three games. They won one. That was the Houston game. They lost at New Orleans. They lost at Jacksonville. They're a six-plus point favorite, six and a half to six, at home against Indy. And then at Denver, I don't know what the spread's going to be. I, they should have the look-ahead line. I'll look at that. At Seattle, man, if you told me that this was a good Seattle team led by Russell Wilson of two, three years ago, no chance. No chance they'd beat Seattle with Russell Wilson the way Russell Wilson was playing in Seattle. No chance. So Russell Wilson would have come out there through for four touchdowns against this defense. They got Geno Smith. I don't even know who backs up Geno Smith. I mean, they're a mess, and they're winning games. They're winning games with Geno Smith. After that, you get the Chargers at home. Chargers are, I think, as good as their record. They're good, but they're not great. The Rams on the road, man, they're not any good right now. Then you get New England at home. Pittsburgh's a mess. San Francisco's the real tough game in Kansas City. I mean, no one's going to give the Raiders a chance against San Francisco, Kansas City, and the national media. Nobody. In both those games. But those games are at home at Allegiant Stadium. You don't know what's going to happen with injuries and what's going to happen with those other teams. So, you know, the Raiders had a really good opportunity to make some hay here and really pick up some ground with Houston, New Orleans, Jacksonville, and Indy in those four games. They needed to go three out of four. And the best they can do now is go two out of two, two and two. And I think they'll go two and two. They'll beat Indy. And then they'll have some momentum as they get on the plane to go into Denver. And we know how the Raiders play in Denver. At times, they play really well there. And Denver's questioning themselves. So that's the monologue brought to you by Remy Martin. Team up for excellence with the Botanist Jim, the VSOP. Anything you want to do with... Remy Cointreau and mix it in to your tequila, to your margarita. They are a proud partner of our show. We'll talk about what they're doing with Enchant over at Resorts World. A oh man, Resorts World and Remy Martin, two great partners here that help me out here every day. Jerry Robinson's going to join us coming up in a bit and we'd like to like to get the phones going without having to use kerosene like at a match, right? DeMond, DeMond keeps looking over at the phones I go, I didn't give out the number yet, man. I knew we had that guest that first segment, but we want to get people going now. 702-365-9200 on the flagship of the Raiders.
0: Welcome back to the JT The Brick Show. Brought to you by Resorts World Las Vegas, the newest property on the Strip.
2: Welcome back, JT, everybody. Brought to you by Grimaldi's, all those five locations in the Valley. I go to Boca Park. Best pizza I ever had. We give away $50 Grimaldi gift cards to local Las Vegas here. Election night last night. Stayed up and watched. I have no opinion on who won, who lost. I have a great opinion on why it takes us so long to count in Nevada and what happens in this state compared to others, but that's neither here nor there. If you had a chance to vote yesterday, if you uh, cast your vote and you're ready to get back to work and get going here, hopefully Raider Nation Radio gives you an outlet for all of that, and I know all these political ads will be taken down on the streets that give us clutter and all of that, and we can get back to our lives here, and maybe I can pick up my landline at home here uh, coming up here soon. 702-365-9200- uh, Jerry Robinson, Damon is getting him on. We're going to get him up in a bit. Uh, the former Raider linebacker will join us. And then we got a couple of good guests coming up from the Indy front as I reached out to a couple of old Indianapolis Colts insiders for tomorrow and on Friday. Also, I interviewed the head coach, Josh McDaniels, tomorrow. He had a press conference today. I think it was 17 or 18 minutes long, and we'll probably play eight or 10 minutes of it to get the feel for what he's talking about. Our good friend, my good friend, Jerry Robinson, former Eagles, Raiders, linebacker, a star in the Raider alumni community. Jerry, salute the service. Thanks for doing this. How are you, my friend?
1: Oh, JP is always great to hear your voice, man. And you know what? It's salute the service time. You know what? I got my salute the service gear out, and I'm wearing something different every day. And so, <laughs> you know, I'm just so grateful for, for our military, and we all are, man, those people that have gone to... The places to defend our freedom and they don't even know who we are. So I have a great deal of respect for our military.
2: Yeah, and I've been at events I've been at events introducing you for years here, uh, wrapped around Salute to Service, and I've heard you speak about this and, and the way you look these men and women in the eyes who serve this country and thank him for their support. You don't show up at these events and wave and save a little speech and get back in the van. You really want to make that connection with individuals who are in their 90s, 80s, or those who just got out of harm's way.
1: Yeah, I think it's very important for, for me and for everybody, but especially for me to let these people know it is not an age limit. Age doesn't make any difference, but I want them to know how much I truly appreciate what they have done for me and my family And for everybody, they don't even know. So I just want to know that they're special. And like I said, you know, I've always said this, you know, you know this about me. Anytime I get a chance to see somebody with a military hat on or a shirt, whatever it is, I don't care what I'm doing, JT. I will stop doing what I'm doing. I will walk over and make sure that I say I want to thank you for your service because that's really important to me.
2: Yeah, no doubt about it. Jerry, what do you think about the last couple of weeks? We didn't expect the Raiders to be 2 and 6 here and they're trying to find their way. Ooh. And the losses where they're up 17 plus to 7-2 and 120 We've talked about it at length. We know everybody, the coaches and the players want to win desperately and they're trying their best. Just a couple of these games have really gone south in the second half. As a former player, when this happens in a game, you've played in so many games where you have a lead at the half. You tip your cap. The other team makes adjustments, and when you're a linebacker and you're watching this happen, how do you do? How do you do it to slow down the other team's momentum?
1: You know what is when when, when things happen like that, we call it sudden change situations, and uh, we go out to put the fire out. We our mission is to put the fire out. It's an attitude that we have uh, defensively. You know, I remember many times when things just didn't go out go our way offensively and you know, fumble interception, whatever it may be, our attitude. Is, let's go, let's go, lock and load, let's roll, let's go, let's put the fire out. It's it's it's, it's a thing. A mental, it's a mental thing. But you know what, JT, this it's really hard on these guys. <laughs> you know, I'm thinking about what they're going through. You know, these these 17 points or wherever, however many points leads they've had and they've lost a few of them. It's very hard to it's, it's very hard to deal with. But you know what, you got to keep your head up. You got to keep moving because it's going to change. It's going to change, and it's uh. I'm excited about this week, this game coming up against the Colts. I really am because I look at it this way. The Colts are like, okay, uh, <laughs> we fired our coach. We got an interim coach, you know, Jeff Saturday. Uh, you know, he's never coached before. And I guess the signal callers never called signals from offensive plays mm-hmm. before. So it's a big deal for them as the as a, as a Colts organization. You know, they're trying to put their stamp on, on history. That's how I'm looking at it as a ball player, and I'm not going to be part of their history—not on the good side of their history. So it's a big game for the Colts. It's a huge game for the Raiders, you know, because you know there's been some changes taking place, some players are leaving, and this and that kind of stuff. But we just got to take one game at a time. You know, you can't start a streak until you—well, you don't want to be on a on a losing streak, but you can also have a winning streak. So it starts with one game at a time, and it's a mental thing. And, you know, I think the guys should be prepared, should be ready to, because there's just so much going on. And if they, turn, if they turn on the TV, you got the Sports channels doing this. you got the Man. radio station talking about this and that. But I know one thing. It don't matter whether they win, lose, or tie. I'm going to be a Raider fan until I die.
2: Jerry Robinson's our guest. Really interesting how you talked about that. It really struck a nerve with me in a positive way. You said put out the fire. So when there is a fumble, you know, I talked to Phil Villapiano in Super Bowl XI. There was a block punt early in the Super Bowl, and Phil made the greatest play of his career at the goal line against the Vikings, mm-hmm. dislodging the ball, and the Raiders wanted a blowout. If they if he doesn't make that play at that moment, the Vikings score early. They go up. It could change momentum. It could get you more nervous. You could get out of your game. <laughs> I love what you said because we see that with Max Crosby. We saw it with Duran on the back end and the way he made a play in a pick six. There, there are players on this team that want to do this, Jerry. But as you're watching the game, do you see the coverage a little bit softer than you'd like? The fact that they're not, you know, they're not playing bump and run. I don't see the physicality with some of these players here who I think should play with their hands more early in the play and try to, get the, try to change the momentum of the game playing violent at the line of scrimmage.
1: Yeah, you know, JT, I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, I retired in 1992, and I'm finding out, boy, being, sitting back being an armchair quarterback is kind of interesting. <laughs> you know what I mean? I look yeah. at it totally different. But the, but the difference between now, back in the day, you playing a bump and run. You gotta, if you can't play man-to-man defense, you couldn't play for the Raiders because they're coming. You know the defensive lines coming. They're blitzing, we're blitzing, and you got them corners up there. You got you know you got Lester and you got Mike Haynes and you got and then you have Willie Brown. So it's a, it seems like it's a different time and space in, in 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 the league. I see a lot of times when I'm watching TV, I see these DBs they're like ten or fifteen yards, ten you know eight to ten. I'm kind of exaggerating, but maybe eight or ten yards off the line of scrimmage from these guys, and it's third down and seven. You know, I'm like I like to see more hand action myself. I like the physicality of it, but you know, it it is it is what it is. They will make adjustments, you know, because you can only you can only lose so many games, uh, you know, before you get upset mm-hmm. and, and pissed off actually about the way that you're playing things. So you know, it's up to them. That you know, they'll they'll figure it out. They will figure it out. They'll come up with something. But uh, like I said, the most important thing is, hey, put the fire out. Let's go. Sudden change. Let's go. Put the fire out. It's up to me to make the big play. Let me be the one that makes the big play to make the crowd go crazy. You know.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great point, Jerry Robinson. Salute the service. Kind enough to join us once a Raider, always a Raider. One of the things I wanted to ask you as a cover linebacker, who was great against the run. How do you train to cover the pass as a linebacker and stay on the field? A lot of times linebackers will come off the field on third down. You were one that stayed on the field or wanted to come on because yeah. you could guard the pass. How difficult is that? You were a legend in college for that, and, and you've been your accolades in college well, were second to none. Who taught you how to do that, or did you learn it on the fly?
1: Uh, you know what? I, I learned, I listened, and uh, you know certain techniques you got to be concerned about. And I was, it was like this. I wasn't going to be rushing the quarterback. I wasn't going to get a lot of sacks because, I'm, you know, my ability to run. And I accepted that challenge to always take the fastest or the baddest dude out of the backfield or it might even be a tight end that's spit out like Kellen Winslow or whatever it may be. And I took a great deal of pride in it. And uh, it was just something that I, I enjoyed doing. You know, I look back and I see all uh, several running backs and a few tight ends that are the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And I think about you know how many passes did they catch against me? I had to think about this for a minute. I said, "Oh, not many," because I took a great deal of pride in it, and also I had some monsters up front. I had Greg Townsend and Howie Long and you know Rod Martin. So you know it's a combination of things. But it just takes—I just took a lot of pride in it. You have to be very prideful of what you do. Okay, I'm not a blitzer. Okay, that's not my—that was not my job. My job was to shut down this running back or or the tight end or wherever it may be. And I just took a lot of pride in it. And um, I'm just grateful that I had the opportunity to do it, especially wearing silver and black.
2: No doubt about it. Jerry, as we wrap this up, Uh, Again, there's a lot of of your teammates coming out, alumni coming out for this game against Indianapolis. I wanted just to get your impression for the Raider fans here, because you've been in Vegas for a while, how important this game is. You mentioned Jeff Saturday. We know the underlining story with Indianapolis, and how important it is for Raider fans that are looking at their season tickets. They cost a lot of money. The holidays are coming up, but they committed to this team, and they committed to being there and to be loud and wear their silver and black, what the expectations need to be from these fans early at the tailgates and coming into the building.
1: You know what? Our fans are gonna be our fans. We've got the greatest plant fans on the planet. You know, it's up to these ball players to realize that, you know what, this is one of these get right games. Mm-hmm. That's how I'm looking at it. you have an opportunity to get right because so much is going on with the coach, you know, this and that interim coach, da 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 da, da. We got you. the IT IT expert running calling offensive plays. This is time to get right, but don't get trapped. Don't get fool because they are gonna prepare probably extra yeah. hard to play against the Raiders. But you know what? Uh it's <laughs> an exciting game right here. To me this is this is one of those turning point things. It's like yeah. okay, let's go make our statement. Let's make our statement on Sunday. I don't care who's playing the coach. I don't care if they got the water boy coaching the head team. I don't care if the mascots out there call us offensive it offensive plays. It doesn't matter. We have a job to do on Sunday and it's to win. We owe it to our fans. We owe it to ourselves. But you know what? You start the game, you know, play the game, play all four quarters, and, you know, let's come out of here with a victory. Because, you know what, you work your butt off during the week to get prepared for it. You know, it's like you work hard all damn week long, and the next thing you know, you wind up losing the game the way you've lost a couple other games. It's like, okay, we need to show up for four quarters. Okay, let's do that. Take one quarter at a time. Let's go out of here, and let's just let's just lay it to the Colts. Let the Colts go home, let them... Let them, you know, let them uh, let them deal away. with the
2: aftermath. Let them deal with it and what they have to Listen deal with when they get off the plane right. back in India, right? That's
1: right, J T. Right, that's right, buddy.
2: <laughs> Jerry, you know how much you mean to me. Always a pleasure. I can't wait to see you out at the game, if not before. Thanks for doing this, especially around salute to service.
1: Welcome and thank you, military veterans.
2: Thank you. Jerry Robinson, what a pleasure to talk to that guy. Fantastic. Whatever the Raiders ask him to do. And this year, Jay Schrader is the Salute to Service nominee, and I hope he wins as every team nominates either a player, George Kittle from the Niners. You know who we nominated, the Raiders? Raiders nominated Jay Schrader for what he does out at his ranch with veterans out on the ranch who have issues and they bond with the horses out there. They have an experience of a lifetime there with Jay Schrader the former Redskins at the time, quarterback, Raider quarterback. You won't believe what he does. And if you go to Raiders.com, you'll see what they were able to do. The Raider alumni said, hey, man, we're going to come out there and have a big lunch. We're going to do this with the veterans. They surprised him. Jay Schrader had no idea. The Raider alumni department came out there. Marcel Reese presented him as the nominee for Salute to Service, and it was pretty emotional for Jay Schrader. So when you see Jay at the game, or you see him around town and he's on TV here on 8 News Now. Thank him. Thank him for what he does for others. He truly is a very special guy. So is Jerry Robinson. He was the 2020 nominee. And I've done some events at the Veterans Homes out in Boulder City with Jerry and a couple of the alumni there. And we've had a really good time. And what's great about when I get to MC those events is I just step back and disappear and I watch those guys and what they do. And how they spend time. And this is not something they have to do. They want to do this. And their service to the Raiders as alumni is fantastic. Mark Davis, it comes from his mom, Mrs. Davis, and father, the late Mr. Davis. And what they want to do is make sure that the alumni have a role with this organization their entire life. Their entire life. And this year, you know, everybody's talking about the drama. Man, we can't win a game when we have a lead and all that. I've been privy to a couple of events with the alumni. Where Dave Ziegler was introduced and Josh McDaniel to the alumni, and everything was great. Everybody's on the same page here. The games are kind of flipping in the wrong direction, but the plan, the people they brought in, the scouts that you don't know about, some of the coaches that you haven't met, they're sticking to the plan. And God knows they're going to stick to this plan. They are. They're trying to get new players to come in on a fly, they're trying to evaluate the players that they want, they're trying to win games where they're in the lead. You know that's what's bothering me so much this year. I know how good they could be because when they're up seventeen to nothing, I can't jump in at seventeen to nothing. Demond call timeout and go, "Hey, let's do a live radio show right now. Let's all open up the phones and talk about they're up seventeen nothing. How great they look. We got to wait till after the game, and after the game when they when they blow these leads, all the euphoria of the fast start ends. They don't get a lot of credit the coaches for the great starts and all the games that they had these leads. They get, the, they get the heat for losing the games, and they should. And they take that heat, and they stand right in front of the microphones. You would think that would piss everybody off. Up 17 nothing. up 17 nothing. up 20 nothing to the Cardinals. They didn't go into the locker room and say, Hey, guys, come together. Let's lose this game dramatically. It was just the opposite. They tried to put their plan in place. The other team flipped the score, and the Raiders couldn't come back and win. And that's professional sports where you get paid a lot of money and you get judged. You get judged by your record. And that's why there was a big change in Indianapolis. And I thought uh, Frank Wright's a hell of a coach. He's going to be the offensive coordinator for a very good team. Look at what Brian Dayball's done with the Giants, right? Look what happened. He comes in an offensive mind, Daniel Jones, trying to turn it around, and it's working. So I think by this time, well, it'll happen before that, but next year Frank Wright's owed a lot of money. A lot of money by Jim Irsay. I remember when Jack Del Rio got let go from the Raiders. The money was owed to him. He's like, I'll, co- I'll collect some money for a while. And then Jack Del Rio got a call from Ron Rivera to be the defensive coordinator in the nation's capital. Same thing's going to happen with Frank Reich. There's going to be six to seven coaches fired, and one of the coaches is going to get a job, and the first guy is going to call is Frank Reich. Frank, I need an offensive coordinator. We've been friends for 35 years, and I want you to come in and lead our offense. And he'll get another chance. Gus Bradley got let go here. He still has a home here. Not too far from mine. Okay, his wife he's got a beautiful home in Vegas. He was building. Building the home. Not living it, building it when he got let go. You think he's going to be worked up? He'll be pretty worked up for this game here. And I think Jeff Saturday is going to be a great motivator for his team. I just don't know what's going to happen with the play calling. You would think they're going to dumb it down, take the ball out of the quarterback's hand, get Jonathan Taylor at whatever degree of health he has to run it, and then on third down, they're going to try to throw short routes to their tight ends because that's really been the base of what the team's done well over the years with Andrew Luck going back to Peyton Manning. And Peyton Manning had Marvin Harrison, Reggie Wayne. But, you know, the recent Colts teams, if you tried to hold them back, they get five yards just snapping the ball. They're a pretty tough team, and I think the toughness – is going to try to shine here in Las Vegas for that time at Allegiant Stadium. And the Raiders are going to have to match that intensity and be physical. So I open up the lines for you, man. We'd love to hear from you. 702-365-9200. What do you think is the one key to this game? One key to this game considering what's coming in with Jeff Saturday. Do you think it's going to be an early touchdown? Do you think it's going to have to be figuring out quickly how to stop the running game? What are you and the Raider Nation thinking is the one thing that kind of makes you nervous and it better be corrected quickly for this opponent. 702-365-9200. As we continue here, brought to you by the 872 laborers led by Tommy White. They built the stadium on time, on budget, did a beautiful job, and now they're building all these projects. As you drive off the 15, the 215 on the strip all around town, think of the great 872 laborers who go to work quickly and efficiently to help build Vegas vertically and do a great job. We love that they're a proud partner of the show.
0: Welcome back to the JT the Brick Show Brought to you by Grimaldi's Pizzeria Home of the famous New York style Coal-fired brick oven pizza
1: You're playing a quarterback and Sam Ellinger They're trying to find out about certain players The offensive line's not playing well Jonathan Taylor's not the same guy he was Because of injuries and line play This is an absolute train wreck Right now in Indianapolis
2: That's Rich Gannon, former Raider MVP, man He didn't hold back at all He thinks they're a train wreck. It doesn't matter if they're a train wreck or not. They're coming in to play a football game with a bunch of professional football players who play together. They are going to be fired up to play. So how do the Raiders take him out of the game quickly and make Sam Ellinger have to come out and beat him? I think that's going to be the key to the whole thing is that you want Ellinger to pass Right? You, don't want, you want him to become pass predictable. You want to go up in this game by two scores. You want to be up by 14. You want to be up by 10. So Indy has to pass because their quarterback's not very good. But I didn't think much of Davis Mills coming into the Houston game, and he played pretty well, and then Trevor Lawrence was lights out in the second half against the Raiders. So what is the poison that the Raider Nation – wants to avoid. Do you want to avoid the running game of Indy, or do you want to avoid maybe a quarterback that doesn't have a lot of pressure on him? Look, Sam Ellinger's not going to be the quarterback there next year. The owner got rid of Carson Wentz and benched a Hall of Famer in Matt Ryan. You think that owner, Jim Irsay, is going to say in the offseason, hey, man, we're done. We're going to go with Sam. He's going to be our franchise quarterback. No chance. So Sam Ellinger could be a guy coming into Vegas highly motivated. Might be the only time he ever plays a football game in Vegas the rest of his life. And I'm sure he's going to be mobile outside the pocket. So we're going to have to keep an eye on that. The Autumn Wind Chime is on the flagship of the Raiders. Thanks for calling.
1: Oh, uh, Thank you, JT. So, yeah, I think the key to winning the game is they're going to have to play loose. Mm-hmm. This team always looks like they're you know, kind of constipated almost. Like, they're overthinking it, overdoing it, and I think they really just need to go out and play situational football.
2: That's such a good call. You're right. This to play loose and to play free. I mean, look, if Jonathan Abram gets cut, you would think that everybody out there would be, One of two things, man, I'm nervous, I'm going to get let go, or I'm going to get benched, and I'm going to go out and have a big game. I'm going to play loose and have some – I I don't want to put words in your mouth, but have fun too, right? Have fun on defense.
1: Absolutely. And when I look at Carr especially, I just want to get him to once just say, hey, coach, I'm sorry, but my instincts took over. And, you know, I know we had this call played, but Mm. I wanted to go and just take it. I saw the green in front of me, and I ran it.
2: Yeah, I would agree. You've been hearing me talk about, you know, running the football. Good phone call. The wind chime, the autumn wind chime. Got to look for that jersey at the next game. Come meet us at the torch on the pregame show, 702-365-9200. That opens up a phone line as we continue on. You know, to play loose, and a lot of times you hear me say, this isn't the 85 Bears. I say that about every team in football. The greatest defenses that I've ever seen as a football fan, a diehard football fan, I grew up with Lawrence Taylor. He's the greatest defensive player of all time. I went to a lot of those games live and Super Bowls with Lawrence Taylor. I've never seen a player that good ever, ever. My all-time number one favorite player. Now, what he's done off the field has been disturbing and really uncomfortable over his life, but when it came to dominating a game, he was the best I've ever seen. The 85 Bears and then the Ray Lewis, Ed Reed Ravens. Those are the elite teams. Now, there's been plenty of great defenses, The 11 Angry Men, what the Raiders have had. There's been great defenses over the decades. I thought the Raiders had the greatest uh, cornerback tandem at one and Mike Haynes and Lester Hayes, who, by the way, remind me, next week we got to get one of them on. We'll get Mike on or Lester to do that. But this group, you hear the group, that's a hockey term, our group. They always say our group played well tonight, VGK, Roland. This group of players, they're trying to figure out Patrick Graham's system, and there's been some huge injuries. Divine Diablo now and Nate Hobbs. Nate Hobbs going on short term IR. Chandler Jones not activating and playing at the level that he's supposed to. They traded Jonathan Hankins. Remember that a couple of weeks ago. So they're trying to get guys and they kind of get them in the film room. I'm going to give you take you a little secret here. They're trying to get them in the building and see how they act in the building under this regime that handles things differently. Differently with the way they grade players, the way they evaluate and look at players, what they respect, uh, expect from players. And that's not a knock on Reggie McKenzie or Mike Mayock. Dave Ziegler has a certain level of requirements that he wants these players to adhere to when they're not on the field. Okay? Everyone get that? The way that they were doing it in New England. How professionally they were showing up at what time. What time were they leaving? What time were they staying extra for their playbook? what they were doing, and that's what Dave Ziegler wants, and he doesn't have it yet, so he's trying to figure out how to do it. That's the plan, part of the plan when it comes to personnel. All right, when we come back, we'll continue to take your calls. I kind of left next hour wide open. We want to play a chunk of Josh McDaniels, little chunk of that, to hear what he has to say. I'll talk to him tomorrow. We'll either play that tomorrow, usually on Friday, with Raiders Roundtable. We have a Colts insider tomorrow, Johnny Katz from the Review-Journal. Good shows lined up the rest of the week. Proud to be here. Thanks to all of our partners. This is Raider Nation Radio.